Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. When I would do good, evil is always present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? Thanks be to God and Christ Jesus. I'm ready for the fight of my life. Start the record. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner, and our host, Brian J. Henderson, will join us shortly. We're having some technical difficulties, and if you're listening, if you're on the website, uh, it's, it's really, really tough right now. We don't know what's going on with it, and we have a wonderful, wonderful guest who will be joining us in a few minutes once we have these technical difficulties uh, under control. Our guest tonight is none other than Jocelyn Blunt. Jocelyn, I know you can hear me. And Jocelyn is a self-published author who is a, I believe she's a junior or a senior at Hampton University. And uh, we've known Jocelyn for a while, and she's doing some extraordinary things with her books and with her public speaking. And right now, Jocelyn's book is out. Her new book is out. And we are having a wonderful, wonderful time, uh, some of the people reading it. We've seen some reviews on the book. And, and when Jocelyn comes on, she'll be able to tell everybody where to go to uh, purchase the book. Again, her book is, this is her second book, and hopefully Jocelyn will be with us in a few minutes and uh, Brian will be with us as well. But in the meantime, I'll talk about Jocelyn. I know she's probably tired of hearing me talk about her, but again, we're having some kind of difficulties and we're not sure exactly what it is that's going on. But I can tell you that uh, you can look Jocelyn, you can find Jocelyn on Facebook, you can find her pretty much on, on, if you just type her name in, Jocelyn Blunt, you'll be able to find her. You'll see her book, and um, you can order it there as well. But, again, we're waiting for Brian and Jocelyn to come on with us and join us. Uh, we should be up shortly. them ironed out and as soon as we get Greg back on the line we'll resume the show where we have a wonderful guest Miss Jocelyn Blount. Finally Brian, finally. Yes sir, yes sir. Oh my goodness, is Jocelyn our guest? Is she in? I believe so. Let's see if we can get her to chime in. Jocelyn, are you there? Yes I am. 
Jocelyn, well, we don't know what happened. Thank you so much for coming on, Brian, and I know you, you had a wonderful welcome for her introduction. We have no idea no what happened. We're about eight minutes, eight, nine minutes late into the show, but we were determined to go ahead and still do the show, and Jocelyn, we, we are so sorry. I, we don't know what happened. And uh, okay. Brian, are you ready for tonight? You know, I was so ready that my computer just went berserk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, Jocelyn. You must be. You must have something very powerful to say tonight because I'm telling you, I'm on two computers at my house right now, and I can't log in on anything. This is the first time that this has ever happened. So, I, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I I count it up as a blessing, Brian. Yes, sir. You know, Greg, it's funny because as soon as I logged into the show. I was trying to uh, adjust something on my screen, and it my screen completely went blank. And it took me wow. about 10 minutes before I could get it working again, which is like right now, you know. Yeah, but we got a wonderful show tonight, and yeah. I want to introduce our guest by saying, through how the heartfelt words of remembrance, salvation, healing, inspiration, and purpose, these terms express God's love and concern for the state of the Christian in a way that only... She can explain. This book embodies literary diversity ranging from prayers to poems to inspirational writings that will leave you reevaluating your life and desiring change. Our author tonight, Ms. Jocelyn Blount, we welcome you finally to the Abundant Solutions Hour. <laughs> Thank you. Finally she's back, Brian. And again, we do apologize for the uh, difficulties. But, Jocelyn, tell us about your book and how did you uh, come to write this book? Okay, this is my second book, as you all know. Um, it's actually a combination of the first book and the second book. Um, it's just basically life experiences, experiences I've had as a young adult trying to live a sold-out life for Christ and it's just different experiences I've had in life and different experiences I've had with God. Mm. At a very young age, you're writing books and you're going through, you're experiencing things already at such a young age. And I think um, you, we've had you on the show before. Like you said, this is your second book. And since you since you sold all the way out for God, uh, did the attack on your life, did it... Um, eased up any or did it get harder? It definitely got harder. Of course, the enemy doesn't like to see you sold out. Um, but I'm an overcomer because through Christ we can do all things. We're more than conquerors. All right, Brian, hey, I tell you, she, she's on it tonight. <laughs> you know, Greg, and I can tell you just from following her and seeing some of the things that she's talked about on Facebook, you know, I can truly say that I know that she's on the right path. You know, the enemy has definitely, you know, got it out for her. But, you know, she says she's more than an overcomer. And, you know, that's one thing that when I look in the lives of youth, you know, and I don't mean to call you a youth, but, you know, you are much younger than I am. Um, I look at the in the lives of youth and I see that there are so few. There Now, don't get me wrong, there are quite a few. But there are so few people in, that are at such a young age that are that sold out for Christ. You know, um, one of the terms, when because I, I talk to a lot of young kids and I try to encourage them on how they can do 
you know, great things, you know, in Christ. And the first thing they'll say is, well, you know, when you were young, you know, and they try to equate what they did and, you know, what I did in my youth, you know, because I'm very open and transparent about how I grew up and the things that I've gone through with them when I talk to them, you know, and I do it not just to brag and boast, but to be an encouragement for them that even though they may have done something wrong, they can do right. You know, but I tell them about my life, and they immediately will say, you know, you did what you want to do when you was that age, and when I get older, I'll come to Christ. You know, what prompted you to be sold out for Christ at such a young age? Um, I must attribute it to my parents and the people that I was surrounded with, my church family, it was something more that I wanted, something they presented to me. And, of course, I've done my share of wrong, but it's something that I didn't get from the wrong that I got from coming to church and reading my Bible and praying. And, you know, I like how she put it, Greg. She said something that was presented to her. It wasn't like they forced her. It just that it was something that they showed her, and she said, you know, it was much much better, not that she didn't do her share of wrong, you know, because everybody has their, their things that they do. But, yeah, I, I love that answer because, you know, you said you were presented with it. Yes, that is. That's powerful. i tell you what, Jocelyn, um, a lot of people are looking up to you. A lot of people your age and at, at your university that you're at in Hampton, a lot of people like what you're doing, but then again, you have a lot of other people that are just taking shots at you because of the way that you're living. You have people that will try you and test you just to see uh, if you're going to make a mistake. And the first stumble that you make, a lot of them will point and say, you see, she wasn't all that she's cracked up to be. All these things that she's saying, all these things that she's doing, she's not that. But that's okay because you're human. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to fall short. But God looks at the intent of your heart. And I love the fact that you've written two books. You've dedicated these books to the Lord. And you pretty much dedicated your entire life uh, to him and serving him. What would you tell someone your age or someone younger than you, uh, kids that are in high school that are going through and struggling right now, how would you tell them to keep their faith in God knowing that they're struggling and, and hurting? Um, one thing, I did have the privilege of teaching a class of 12-year-olds at a conference I went to recently. And one thing I told them, like you said, we are going to make our mistakes. But what you must think about is there is a consequence for every action that you take. So when you think about doing wrong or you think about sinning or you think about going against what you know is right, are you ready to deal with all of the consequences of that action? Hmm. There's that word again, Greg. Choice. And, you know, and most of the time they don't think about those choices. They think, you know, I'm I'm going to go out with this guy, I'm going to sleep with this guy, or I'm going to go out with this girl and I'm going to sleep with this girl. And, and, they're, and they're looking, okay, what's the most that can happen? We can get caught, she can become pregnant, and that's pretty much it. They're not thinking about the diseases that are, that are out there. They're not thinking that this could be the time that both of us can die. They're not looking at it that way. And You know, Greg, the other thing they're not looking yeah. at is the emotional ties that are left with that. Yeah. You know, because when I when I know when I go out and talk to youth, 
and I tell them about the emotional ties, they always laugh. That's the first thing they do. Ah, well, you know, and then I ask them, I say, think about the best time you had, you know, with a friend. And I said, name, you know, the best time. What did you do? And they said, well, I have a lot of best times. I can't remember them. But and I ask them, I said, well, think about the worst experience you ever had. And they can tell me the second of the day that it occurred. You know, and I told them negative things stick with you longer and they linger with you because that's the devil's way of getting at you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they just don't think about that emotional tie that they create, you know, especially when they do something that's negative. And, Jocelyn, let me ask you this. You're talking about consequences. You're talking about choices. You said you work with some young, I guess, some, 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 some youth, some younger kids. How how was that for you? Did you see yourself in any of the little girls that you were mentoring or, or, or teaching? I did, and at first it kind of scared me, but I took it as a blessing because I could relate, because I've been there. I can tell you that I've been where you are. I'm not talking down to you, but I'm explaining that I don't want you to have to deal with some of the consequences that I had to deal with. You don't always have to learn things by touching the iron and seeing that it's hot. Some things you can learn by other people's experiences, but at the same time, if you do choose to do this and this does happen, I'm a living witness that you can overcome that and you can walk away from it and God will forgive you and you can start your life over. You know, Greg, I can tell she's been hanging around some older people. Because she used a term I have not heard in ages. You don't have to touch the iron to see that it's hot. <laughs> I like that. Brian, let me ask you one more question real quick. Your book, Jocelyn, what can people expect to get out of the book from reading your book? What can they walk away when they put this book down? And I know that they're going to say, wow, but... What can the person that that's out there listening to us right now, and they're thinking about buying your book, what can they get from your book? I think my book shows the truth. A lot of people try to mask things, or they don't really want to share their personal experiences. They just want to give you a general gospel. But this shows you inside of me. It pours out my heart and my spirit, and it shows God to be real. And I think that's what they walk away with. Mm, thank you. Awesome. Mm, mm, mm. That's good stuff there. I like that. I like that. You know, I, I had a question about also about uh, when dealing with youth. You know, what do you think, you know, in your opinion, I mean, you're a young lady. What do you think the most difficult issue is with youth in the body of Christ today? Um, honestly, I believe that it is sex. I believe sex is because it's everywhere. It's in the media. It's, it's, it's everywhere, everywhere they look, and no one's really explaining the truth behind it. Like you spoke earlier, their emotional ties. There are consequences that the TV is glamorizing, and they're not understanding the full depth of what they're getting into. And to be honest, once you start, a lot of times things of that nature can be addictive. And they don't understand what they're really getting into, and it just keeps happening, and it's a big cycle. Wow. You know, I I, I really didn't expect that answer. But, you know, since you brought up that, that topic, you know, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I can remember um, 
at my church, we had a men's conference back in April. And, you know, we had some youth that were from the local, um, the neighborhood that we partner with. And uh, it's a low-income neighborhood. And the youth, we brought a bunch of boys over. I think it was about maybe 50 boys around the ages of, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15. And the moderator at the time asked the question, you know, what do you guys think about the most? You know, because he was just basically asking real talk questions. And one of the little boys said, well, every day, all day long, all I think about is having sex. He said, I haven't had it yet, but I think about it all the time. And, you know, everybody in there was like, wow, because they never expected this kid to be so open and honest. You know, but he told the truth. And the moderator was like, okay, now we can talk. You know, because he was hoping that somebody would be bold enough to give that answer. So the fact that you, you know, you basically hit hit it right on the, on the nail. You know, that sex is definitely a huge issue, especially as it equates to our youth in the body of Christ, because it's such a taboo topic. You know, and, and let me also ask, have you been sort of not necessarily confronted with it, but confronted with the question when you talk to youth about sex? Because a lot of times they'll confide in um, folks that are just a little older than them because they feel like they can trust them. Right. Um, like I said, when I was speaking at the conference, a lot of the younger kids, they did talk to me and another teacher who were who was another young man, and they talked to us openly, but when another lady who was older came in the room, everyone got quiet and, and everything. And I think that's a, the second biggest issue facing us today is the generational gap. It's a huge, big generational gap. And one thing that I, I like to talk about and it's in the book is bridging that gap where we have to learn from the older people, and the older people have to be willing to pour back into us. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. What about, let, let me ask you this about, about the church. We, we, we've been talking about the church. How do you think the church treat the youth? And when I say treat the youth, you know the ones that are coming in the church with their pants sagging. With it. They're just coming as they are, as the word says. Do you think the church, either they look down on them or they're kind of turning them away by the way that they treat them when they do finally come in as they are? My church doesn't personally, but I do know that is the case with a lot of churches and a lot of quote-unquote church folks. They will turn down their noses. And I think a lot of older people are starting to forget where they were at one point in their lives. And, you know, they want to put on a charade as if they've had it all together all their life. And that's what the youth see, and they kind of feel disconnected. They don't understand. And I feel if more of the older people would be more transparent and more accepting and loving, that a lot of the issues would start to disappear because a lot more communication would take place. Absolutely. That's one of the huge things that I know at my church we're focusing on, especially as it relates to our young black men. You know, um, one other issue that I thought was uh, of great importance as it relates to youth, and um, I actually will be speaking on this this weekend, is the things that you can that that kids don't realize they have the opportunity to do in Christ. You know, um, I know a lot of kids feel like when they come to Christ, then they can't have fun, and 
you know, just speak on it from your perspective, from your standpoint. Is there fun in the body of Christ? Most definitely. <laughs> um, I believe it's a lot funner because you don't have to worry about the consequences. You can have fun and then still be able to wake up the next morning and still be in that joy and that peace. And you don't have to worry about could I be pregnant or am I going to go to jail or anything, is mom going to catch me? You don't have to worry about that. So it's, I think it's even funner because you do not have to worry about the consequences. Amen. I like that, Brian. Now, just let me ask you this. We know that you're an author. We know that you are also a student. Are you open for speaking engagements or seminars or workshops or book signings? And if so, uh, what about your books? Do you think, um, well, let me ask you this, as far as churches, if, if churches would buy your book in bulk, uh, as far as the youth in the church and also just for anybody in the church that's willing to read it and, and, and have an open mind and, and absorb what you have in there, the things that God gave you to write, what do you think those churches can get from that? Now, that's just an idea uh, that I have because you and I have been talking about trying to get your book out there a little bit more, and uh, I, I think that would be definitely a wonderful uh, opportunity for you to get it out there to the churches, not just one here, one that no hundreds, if not thousands, to just different churches, so that they can read and learn how to bridge that gap and learn what uh, young people are really going through instead of just talking at them. They can really read and, and get to know what you're doing, and they can talk to their youth. I think your book would definitely be a way for any church to be able to, uh, as far as an icebreaker, so that they can talk to the youth. But, again, my question is, what would the church get from your book? I think the youth in the church, like you said, will be able to relate. They will read it and know, okay, someone else has gone through this, and this is how they went through. Or, no, I'm not crazy that this has happened. This is somebody else went through this. And I think the adults should read it because I think many of them are oblivious to what's going on or want to be or don't totally understand what's going on with the youth. So I think if they read it, they will get a better understanding, okay, this does happen, or this is how I can approach this because this is the outcome. So I think that it will be excellent for the youth ministries across the nation. You know, in sticking with uh, the youth, the one thing that I've gotten from parents is that they don't really know how to relate to their own children as it relates to the body of Christ. Like, they expect that, you know, and this isn't all parents, but this is, you know, some that I've spoken to in the past and actually recently. But they don't they don't really know how to bring up a Christian child because many of them are, are new in Christ themselves. And so it becomes increasingly difficult when you have all these different uh, challenges in the world, like all the media and the negative things and, you know the the watering down of of such hot bed topics as homosexuality and um, and teen sex. I I think I just saw a, a thing in the news the other day that says teen sex sex does not um, hurt school performance. You know, as if it yeah. was a carte blanche for teenagers in high school to have sex, saying it doesn't hurt their school performance. You know, and, and 
when I, when I first read that, I'm thinking, wow, how is a parent going to tell their child now that, you know, you don't want to get pregnant, you don't want to have a baby, you know, because then you'll drop out of school. When, you know, they have these, when the kids can look at this survey and say, look, it doesn't hurt performance, you know. And so, you know, do you believe that, well, I, I, first of all, I know you don't believe that, but do you believe that parents have it increasingly tough? You know, and what would you say to a parent that may ask that question? Because I know I've been asked that question myself. Um, I believe parents these days, they do have it hard because, like you were saying, the media, it seems like they're working against them. And um, I know one way to eliminate that is to get your child, talk more to your child, but get them more involved in church activities. Um, children are in everything else, all the different organizations at school, but let them get excited about going to church. Present it, like I said, it was presented to me. Present that other option to them. And be transparent. Tell your mistakes as well so they can understand. You're not just telling them this because you want to be mean or you want them not to have fun, but you've been there and you understand the consequences and you know what happens. And you know what? You know what? A lot of a lot of problems with the parents is that what they they'll think, oh, my child is going to judge me. My child is going to lose respect for me because I did these things when I was younger. And my question, my my question is that is is that really it, or is it the fact that you're afraid that your child is going to throw that up in your face when he or she is out there doing what they're doing? Let's say, for example, if it's marijuana or something. Well, you smoked it. I, I, I mean, it didn't hurt you. Look at you. You're okay. So you know, the, the kids. A lot of kids will use that against you. But again, you're absolutely right. You just that's just something that you're gonna have to do. Uh, you have to be transparent when you're talking to the youth and to your children. You, it, there's just no way around it if you want to reach them. Now, a lot of the kids that that are really quiet and aren't saying much, you you still have to watch them. They may to you on the outside. It just may look like they're. There's nothing going on there that you would think that this is the happiest kid in the world, but you just never know what that kid is going through. And then right now it is really sad at how many of the little girls are in the churches and how many little girls are in school that are being molested. And it's just a sad, sad thing. And, you know, Jocelyn, how, how important is it to communicate with your child? It's very important, and not just communicating, but what you say. I believe a lot of these issues arise from not being validated at home, not being told you're going to make it or you're going to be successful or you're beautiful. So they go to the world, and for young ladies, a young man says it, and she feels she has to give up something, or a gang says, you know, you'll be somebody with us, and so a young man decides he wants to join. You have to build your children up at home so they won't search for it in the streets because they know who they are and they know whose they are because it was instilled in them at home. Now, you know, you touched, on you touched on something real important, you know, and that's the issue of gangs. You know, in, even in the body of Christ, when you know, the one thing that I know that devil does is he will use anything and everything against you. And the body of Christ is, you know, it, there's no exception. Even in the body of Christ, you have kids that are going through the issue of being pressured to join gangs. And, you know, what I've noticed that increasingly they are targeting kids that are in church. You know, and they're saying, oh, if you don't join our gang, we're going to beat you up. 
you know, or if you go to church, you know, you can't, you know, we're going to beat you up. You know, it's it's almost as if it's a, they're using the gangs, you know, just another tool for the devil to attack, you know, our young Christian men and women. You know, because make no, there is no exception. There are actually women gangs as well. You know, I, I, and actually, Greg, I know that firsthand because I can recall a couple of weekends ago when I'd gotten back into town, there was a, a huge gang fight, and there were girls that was, you know, just in the neighborhood across from me. And I'm, I was I was shocked. I was like, wow. You know, at first I'm thinking these were boys fighting, but there were, there were a bunch of girls. Yeah. You know, and it just, it, you know, and it, it, it kind of, shocked me because i didn't expect it you know you know you expect to see a bunch of boys out there fighting with their shirts off and everything but you don't expect to see a bunch of girls out there like groups of girls fighting you know so that kind of threw me off and i'm like wow you know let me yeah let me ask jocelyn this brian since you brought that up does it seem to you jocelyn or is it just me and, and, and brian thinking this does it seem that all of the youth, it just seems like everybody's angry. And I mean, do you get that? I definitely get that. It's so funny you brought that up because the 12-year-old class I had the privilege of teaching, we, um, we started off by asking everyone what they like to do, and a couple of the females said they like to fight and get in trouble. And I asked them, why do you like to fight? And they said that they were angry, and these were beautiful young sweet, innocent-looking girls, and they said that they're angry all the time. But one thing that the bottom line to all of this is your voice at home has to be louder than the voice in the street. And so I just, it really it really bothered me. And one day, the last day, um, I just started talking to them. And I just started talking to them and just pouring out my heart to them. And these girls that were so angry and so hard at the beginning were saying that they wanted to change and they didn't want to be like that. And one thing that I did say to them, I talked to them about, it was really putting the, I guess you could say the fear of God in them. Because a lot of people don't, a lot of these kids, they don't understand who God is. And they don't understand who Jesus is. And I asked them, you know, do you know who God and Jesus is? And they had a limited knowledge. And these kids can learn because they learn anything else they want to learn. And when I presented it to them like that, then they didn't want to, they didn't want to hurt God or they didn't want to deal with the wages of sin. And so I think you really have to explain it to them and break down who God is, who Jesus is, what salvation is, what sin is. And when you present it to them like that, then they have the choice to make, do I want to sin and deal with the consequences of sin? Yes, yes, I like, I like that. That's an excellent, excellent way of, of doing it. Now, but how many adults right now? You, you have teachers, you have Sunday school teachers, you have after school programs, before school programs. How many of those people are actually going to do what you did? How many of those people are actually going to take the time to sit and talk to the child? And how many of those people will actually care enough for that child to want to do better? And I'm not asking you to answer that, but I'm asking how important is it for the adults to dig deeper, to find out exactly what's going on with the child? How important is that? It's very important in many situations. It could be the difference between life and death. Mm -hmm. And I believe a lot of adults don't share because maybe a lot of adults don't understand it themselves. 
There's many adults in church that's been in church all their life, and they themselves do not understand about God and salvation and sin to the fullest. Wow. Wow. You know, just in that last statement, she said a whole mouthful. You know, and the reason I say that is because I I had a conversation the other day when I was, and I was relating, like, in, uh, I know in my local church, you know, we don't necessarily have that problem. You know, everybody says that. But the reality there, you know, just like you said earlier, there is a huge generation gap. And many of the, the you know, I'll just say it like this, the leadership and, you know, they don't necessarily relate to the youth. And the youth, you know, are the ones that we're really depending on to hold up the, the bloodstained banner, so you speak. You know, and it's like, how can you not relate to the people who are going to, you know, basically learn from you and do what you're doing 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, you know? And there is a huge gap, especially for those that have been in Christ all their life, so to speak, you know, that they become so high-minded in Christ that they're no earthly good. You know, it's that, oh, I don't go through the trials and tribulations that you did, so you don't you shouldn't go through them because I didn't have to go through them. You know, and not everybody can can say that, you know. You know, do you believe that that uh it takes the leadership of the church buying into um the youth and making the youth really the focal point of the church? I strongly agree with that. You have to invest in your future or there will be no future. And I believe a lot of the kids are disinterested in church and they don't really want to come or they come and, you know, have an apathetic attitude about it. It's because they're not involved. No one takes time to teach the youth or to show the youth or have them participate. One thing I love about the churches I've been blessed to attend, we have had youth Sundays and we do let them participate in the service, but not all churches do that. You're to be seen and not heard or, you know, you just come, but no one really caters to the youth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that I have learned is that it's almost become like a punitive thing for kids to go to church. You know, I know when I was young, it was almost a punishment to go to Sunday school because, you know, and, and I shouldn't even say this, but it's, it's the truth. Our Sunday school teacher was the meanest lady on the planet. She... I can I can remember, and this left a bad taste in my mouth for years. I would skip uh, going to regular church because I knew she was there, and I would try to hurry up and you know get through Sunday school, and I would avoid this lady like the plague because the first time I'd gone to Sunday school, my grandfather had given me a piece of candy, and I had the candy in my mouth and I was chewing it, you know chewing up a piece of candy, she said that I had gum in my mouth, and she smacked me with a ruler. And that 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 stayed with me for years, even when I was like a, a young teenager, and I would say, that mean old lady, that mean old lady. And everybody knew her as the mean old Sunday school teacher. And, you know, for some children, that impression last a long time. I know it did for me. I still remember it, and it was, you know, almost 30, 
Yeah, just about 30 years ago. You know, and and I think that's the that's the key when they they believe that they have to be so strict and you know Christ we have standards and we adhere to those standards but we do it not because the standards are there we do it because we do it out of love not out of you know not out of necessary well yeah i guess it's out of obedience but it's also out of love it's based on love and many kids don't understand that you know and they don't and many adults don't understand that you have to show that compassion and love especially nowadays because kids have so many more options now that's true that's true brian it sounds like you uh i'm not gonna say you got what you deserve but you know better than candy in church man you that it was, was, that was a peppermint, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> no matter. Listen, that's the worst thing you could do in the church is have chewing gum or eat candy in the church. Those ushers, uh, the people that they didn't, man, they didn't play that back in the day. Now, you see kids in church drinking Pepsi and eating hot dogs. <laughs> and you know, Greg, the funniest part about this was my grandfather was known for giving out peppermints at church. All well, the kids went doing. to him get peppermints. All of them did, you know, and he had, he was, I think they used to call him the peppermint man. I can't remember. I just called him grandpa, you know, <laughs> but that was the thing. And I think that this lady may have just not liked the fact that he did that. So I, I believe she took it out on me. <laughs> well, let's just ask, uh, let's just ask Dawson. Dawson, did, did you have any bad experiences in church as far as with the ushers or as far as the, the, some of the people in the church being mean? Because, you know, sometimes that does happen, what Brian's saying. That does happen in some churches where they run and scare some kids away from the church. Have you ever seen that or uh, experienced it? I have seen it. Um, you have your old grumpy choir members. But uh-huh. <laughs> I oh. haven't had one come down on me. So. Okay. Now, you know, I think every church got a, a, what is it, usher number three, Brian? Oh, it's boy. Rough. <laughs> she's rough. She, she don't play. And she's going to get your head told. I mean, she's going to deal with you, um, pinch you, uh, just anything sometimes. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of them do take it to the extreme. And and now, Johnson, I'm, I'm so glad that your church involves the kids with the services because far too often we send these kids down to kids' churches or, or children's church. And these kids need to learn how to act inside the uh, with with the congregation, they need to learn how to sit there and listen to a sermon instead of being down in the in the kids church. There's nothing wrong with the kids church, but I just really believe that the kids need to learn. I think that's where they learn their discipline from. And when you guys uh, do, you guys have a kids church, Jocelyn? We do, but we don't have it every Sunday. Okay, well, good. Yeah, I I see what they're doing. It seems like you guys are. Uh, bringing the kids up with the adults so they can pretty much learn how to act and, and interact with everybody. And you guys have them working in the church, and that's so important because you found that foundation. You, that's where you find your foundation is in the church. And later in life when you're an adult or, or you're a teenager or whatever and you're hurting and something happens and you don't know what to do, you, you can pull back from that foundation. And, Jocelyn, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do you were down, you were depressed, but then something stuck in your head, something came out that you either heard in church or you somebody told you in Sunday school 
or you just witnessed something that triggered your foundation and how you were raised? Did, has that ever happened? It happens all the time. Um, I really thank God for the foundation that was laid in my life. And I, my wish is that every child could have this foundation that I had. Mm. And that's all right. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. That That is so important, that having that foundation, because Brian and I, we talk with a lot of the youth, and some of them don't have that foundation. Some of them are just lost. Some of them just said, a kid told me just the other day, he don't want to live to be 25. He asked me, why would I want to live to be 25 years old? I'm like, son, you're only 17 now. He said, 25 is a long time from here. I said, you're only seven, you're 17, so you're getting closer to 25. He said, well, I, I'd rather die. I don't want to live to be 25. Do you see that? Um, Jocelyn, the kids that you, you're around, do you see that they're just not afraid of death? They just seem like they're just not afraid of anything. Right. These kids, they don't they don't have a lot of fear in them. Like, I know I'm not that old, but we had a lot more fear. We feared God. We feared our parents. We had a lot more fear than the kids. Now, they don't really have any fear because there aren't a lot of consequences that they have to deal with right now. The parents aren't as strict. And there aren't many consequences, but the long-term consequences is what gets them. You know, it, it's funny you said that, that you said a lot of these kids don't have any fear because I know I still have a healthy respect for my father, and he's been dead 11 years. You know, there's still some things that I can remember he told me not to say or not to do that I, you know, when I'm about to do that, I think about, oh, wait a minute. And I said, oh, well, you know, he's not here anymore, but he might be looking down. I better not do that, you know. And and I think it, you, you know, you said it earlier, it really goes back to um, the parent and having that parent in that parental structure and that church family structure, you know, that is so, it it's probably the single most important structure on the planet, you know, the family structure. And you see that Satan is blatantly attacking the family structure. He figured it out that if I take down the family structure, I don't just get the parents. I get the parents. I get the children. I get the potential grandchildren that are coming. You know, I get I get everybody. You know, and, you know, one of the things that um, I know that kids right now have a difficult time understanding is, Dealing in relationships, you know. Um, I know at my church we ha- we've had in the past um, a couple of teenagers that have babies. You know, um, we have uh, single mothers. You know, we have that in that you know that were teen mothers, and now they're you know, and now their children are teen mothers. And you see this cycle going, and it's it's hard not to, you know look and say, well, the, that's the parent's fault that the child got pregnant, you know, where you have to have that structure. You have to have that that person, that mother, that deacon that's saying, look, you know, if you need some help, feel free to come to me, you know. But increasingly, it's almost as if you see the opposite. I mean, do you agree? And I'm not saying that this is in every church, but I, I know that 
in some churches, it's frowned upon. And, you know, you won't always have that mother in the church that before they married their their husband and the husband became a deacon and the mother became a mother, that they were a teen mother. You know, you'll never know that because they'll never reveal it to you because they don't want to feel shame or embarrassed or, you know, looked down upon by others who may not know that. You know, and I guess what I'm asking is, do you feel that we should be more transparent in order to help the youth, or should that be something that's a taboo talk, you know, not talked about topic? Um, I believe that the pride of a lot of older people is going to be the fall of a lot of younger people because they're too prideful to say, yes, I made this mistake when I was your age then that young female will never understand. She won't feel like she has someone she can talk to or relate to when if that older woman had just set aside her pride and said, you know, I was an unwed mother, this is what made me fall, but this is how I have dealt with it, then that bond would grow and she could avoid so much more in life all because one person humbled themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like that. This is this is some good stuff here. This is some you, you're talking some positive stuff. But let's go to your book really, really quick. We don't have a lot of time left. What was your what's your favorite chapter in your book? Oh gosh, you always ask me this. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a favorite favorite. Um, my favorite. I don't have a favorite. I like the whole book. <laughs> well, but I definitely like my girls talk because I feel like that's gonna help young females. Okay. You know what, we, we, we have uh Brian and I we know this young lady, her name is Dee Stewart. She was on our show uh was it last week, Brian, we had Dee Stewart week. on? Last yes. week. Dee Stewart is one of the first African American um Christian reviewers, is that it, Brian? Yes, I think so. Yeah. She's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're putting together, she's an author, a publisher, and all of this. And she's, you know, when you get a chance, just Google D. Stewart or go to Facebook, you'll see her on there. She's all over the place doing everything as far as with books, and she's gives seminars and all this stuff. And she's she's agreed to come back on to do a show on how to write a book and how to publish a book and that type of thing and how to, you know, how you can get your book sales up and that kind of thing. And, Jocelyn, we want you to come back on with her. She's going to have some other top best-selling authors on there with her, and we would love for you to come back on and be a part of that panel um, of the show. We're putting it together now, so we we just think that you add a lot and you bring a lot to the table, and we really, really want to connect you with these um, these authors that's been out there for many, many years because I know that you can learn from them and they can also learn from you. Is that something that you would be interested in? Yes, sir. Good, good. We're definitely going to go ahead and set that up. But now, as far as your book, how many chapters do you have in your book? Um, let me see. The book is 221 pages. Okay. I don't know the exact chapter count, though, but it is volumes okay. one and two. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I, I tell you what, if you're listening, get the book. Um, 
the holidays are coming up, Brian. I know it's just August, but you need to go ahead and start getting those uh, stocking stuffers or whatever you call them so you can go ahead and start ordering the book. But, Jocelyn, if people wanted to get in contact with you and how you know how could they where and they can can they pick up the book? Okay, you can look me up on Facebook dot com. Um, the book is at stores dot lulu dot com slash God's Manifest Destiny. And my email address is God's G O D S dot manifest dot Destiny at gmail.com. Good. We really want this book in the hands of as many people as possible because this book will definitely, definitely uh, give you a lot of insight. It, it, it will just help. It will just bless a lot of people. That's just the bottom line to it. And, again, Brian, I'm, I'm extremely happy that she's accepted our invitation to come back on with the and some of the other authors. I can't remember all of their names right now, but there's, that's going to be a... Go ahead, Brian. I was going to say, there's a couple on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, big name, big name. And I think somebody, one of them, I think they're right for Essence, I believe, for Essence Magazine, or they do something with Essence. So um, the publicity and all of that stuff is, is will definitely be there for that, and it will, I think... Well, it just will the networking, you know, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will open the doors for Johnson. I think it will put her to work a little bit, and I believe her books will start to, to move a little bit faster, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, Jocelyn, we thank you so much for coming on tonight, and we, again, apologize for the technical difficulties, you know, but it was there was a reason it happened, and that yeah. reason was because the Satan thought he won. <laughs> <laughs> And, Brian, she held on. I talked to her. Uh, I came on, and I, I talked for a little while. And I said, I sound crazy sitting out here talking to myself. Let me try to get see what's going on. So I kind of logged off, and I came back in. And, and for those that are listening, you, you've definitely heard from an angel, I, I would say. Um, if you go on our website, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash ASE motivation, and you'll get a chance to see her. Uh, Jocelyn, did you see the picture that I posted? No, I didn't. Ah, I posted a picture of you. You were in a white dress. Oh, wow. You okay. said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You should go to it. It's, it's a really big picture of you. It's on our um, Blog Talk website. You can see it on there. Okay. Yeah. And, I've, and um, I shouldn't tell you this, but I had a couple of people emailing me asking me if she married and this kind of thing. And you know, oh boy! <laughs> you know how you know how I dealt with that. <laughs> Protective. Leave, get know. that out of your mind now. Buy her book. <laughs> that, that, that'll tell you. That's that's all you need to know. You get the book. <laughs> but Brian, did you have any last um, any last questions for or anything that you want to add for tonight's show? No, I you know. It's a very it's a rarity that I don't have anything to say, <laughs> you know. But I, I just I just really really appreciated the dialogue tonight. You know, I I definitely know that it that it helps somebody, some listener, someone who will soon listen to the show, and you know I just thank God for her. Yeah, mm. I thank God for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do. I thank Him for. 
Because she's definitely blessed us over the years. She's come on before, and she's always been a genuinely sweet young lady. She's always been transparent, and she's always given a lot of wisdom at very, very at a very young age. That's because she's gone through some things, and we we don't know what those things are, but we can tell that you've gone through some things and you've been tested and you're qualified to talk about the things that you're talking about, and that's most important. Yeah. And and the thing about it, Greg, is that that's been since high school. Yes. You know, and that's just how long it's been. It's been since high school, and I, I seem to, to get good information from her every time we talk to her, and that's just a testament to her obedience to God. I love it. I love it. Well, with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight. We ask you that you please come back next Wednesday and join us again, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we'll have another wonderful and exciting show. Jocelyn, we thank you again for joining us. And to all of our listeners, we love you, and we will see you next week. God bless.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.